The only constant in business is change. Welcome to Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, the show that explores business ups, downs, and possibilities. I'm Pat Lynch, and I'm a retired police supervisor, and now I teach and mentor real estate agents who are looking to stand out above the rest. My partner is Dr. Lauren Murfield. He's a former college professor who now works with business leaders, small and large, to do what they never thought possible. Together, we're Doc and the Cop, and we're here to help you think bigger, reach higher, and do what you never thought possible in order to deliver disruptive success for today's world. Let's go. Hey, good afternoon, and uh, welcome back to Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, and I'm Pat Lynch, and I am your host and my um, irreverent co-host, cohort, uh, Dr. Lauren Murfield. Say hello, Doc. Hey, how's everybody doing today? Great to have you on the show. This is going to be good, as always, but it's always good to have people that are connected and can tell you how to connect. Isn't that good, Pat? It is. It is awesome, and I'll tell you what a uh, this whole world is all about connecting, and um, this whole theory of social distancing we talked about yesterday. Social distancing is a terrible word. We should call it physical distancing because staying connected is so essential in these times. And one of the ways we can do that is through civic engagement. So being a, involved in community groups and our guest today uh, does just that and he does it at the highest level, meaning the quality of the work that he provides uh, and the service he does for the community. Uh, it would certainly look a lot different without Akash Patel. So welcome Akash. Welcome, Pat and uh, and Dr. Murfield. Thank you for having me on your uh, on your show. I appreciate what you guys have done through the crisis in in keeping uh, keeping the business community uh, in, in in top of mind with your with your show. I've watched it almost every day I could, so I appreciate it being a guest today. So thank you for that, uh, Akash. Can you go go ahead? No, go ahead, Doc. Well, we're going to be gracious and sit there. No, no, you first. Uh, Akash, as we are in this disconnected state and we don't know where we're going, let's start with kind of the serious first and say, what's happening with civic engagement, being involved in all these different things in the community and the, uh, the local government, even, and I know you do some things with the state government, that's Super Bowl. How is all that happening now? Is it all Zoom? Is it all online? Yeah, Dr. Murfield, great question. Um, the, the good part about this, uh, I mean, if there is any good silver linings in any of this, it's reevaluation of people's time. And so what I think what you're finding is a lot of times you would drive to a meeting and you would surf on your phone and not really be present, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And now what you're finding is a lot of folks that are volunteers, and again, everyone in civic engagement is a volunteer, um, want to be engaged and want to make a difference. So they're finding ways to get people together, whether it's through a formal committee, through a chamber of commerce, or informal through a group of friends like us at the Center Club. And so for the boards that I serve on, we'll just start there. I chair the Early Learning Coalition in Hillsborough County. Our committees have met virtually in the past by a phone. And we've been, our board met again for the first time yesterday via Zoom. And it's all publicly noticed, all recorded. Um, 
And you know what, we've got to do that because we owe it to our providers that we represent. For the other uh, you know, civic boards like Leadership Tampa Bay, we've been meeting for, through Zoom since the pandemic hit. And we've had, this is our fourth or fifth meeting today, just coincidence. Um, the Super Bowl, you mentioned the Super Bowl host committee. They have all these subcommittees. Uh, Business Connect is a committee that I serve on. That meeting, that meeting has also been through webinars and Zoom. And I'm actually giving our presentation to that group in June. So I guess the answer to your question is, whether we like it or not, we've got to continue. And so people have just expected now when you meet, is it going to be a Zoom link or a Skype link? And that's a good thing, I think, because the people that do show up, they don't have the traffic excuse. They don't have the conflict excuse. You know, they're making time for what they feel is important and they're adding value. Because no one wants to listen to other people talk. If you're going to be in a group meeting, you got to add value. So they're adding value and input. And it's really cool because you see a lot of leaders shining these meetings. I like the way you put that, Akash. And, and uh, you know, like you said, so many times I was I was on a Zoom uh, training earlier while I was doing something else. But had it been a meeting, I would have, you know, I would have left whatever else I was working on and focused on the meeting because it's quite evident whether you're there or you're not there. And uh, you know, people can. I don't know why you're more you're more aware of the fact that everybody can tell that you're not paying attention. Yeah, the spotlight's on you. Even when you're not looking, people are looking at you. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, so like Leadership Tampa Bay, you know, one of the big components in, leader, in Leadership Tampa Bay, and, and, and I, I know people are watching this from, from far away, there's a Leadership Pinellas, and there's, there's similar groups all over the country. One of the key elements of this is kind of a networking get-to-know-people, and it's this this uh, fraternity of sorts, right? Of people that, you know, go through this together and, and you experience all of uh, these programs together and you build this bond. And how do, how, how do we effectively do that uh, virtually? Yeah, great question, Pat. I mean, so just for background, I'm a graduate of Leadership Tampa, Leadership Tampa Bay, Tampa Connection and Leadership Florida. And I participated in Leadership St. Pete. And the program, goes as follows. You basically have a nine-month program. It doesn't matter when it starts or when it ends. Generally, it's uh, October through June. And basically, you take about a day off of work a month and you sit in a bus and you go to different parts of the town based on the industry day. So if it's tourism day, you're going to sit there and you're going to go to Push Gardens or you're going to go to the aquarium or you're going to go to the Dali Museum because you learn about what brings tourism to our region. Now, obviously, with with COVID-19, we've had to continue the program because people pay for the whole year, right? And so what we had first is we had Polk County Day where we had the opportunity to have the sheriff of Polk County come on and give an update. Last Thursday, we had Tourism Day where we had the CEO of Visit Tampa Bay kind of give an update on what's going on in tourism. And then of course, we've also had um, Sports Day where we were supposed to go to live sporting events, but there are no sporting events. And so we had the president of the four major teams all, all the presidents of the formation team, the Bucks, the Rowdies, the Rays, and the Lightning kind of speak. So unfortunately, you're right. The bonding part doesn't really get done, but you do learn a lot, and you get the access to, to the speakers that you normally wouldn't have had because of logistics. And so to that extent, the feedback from the programs has been great. But um, And we are taking applications right now. We just had this, this call this morning uh, for next year's programs for Leadership Tampa Bay. And I think that's a good part is that people now are going to apply for a program where they know virtually is going to take place at least and at the best it's going to be in person 
because we don't know if we're going to be allowed to be sitting on buses with 55 people. We don't know if the Rays are going to be back in, in season or um, the Bucks will have fans in October, you know? So those things we just don't know. So we're now going into it with the mindset of let's do virtual um, sessions and it's working. I like how you pointed out that, you know, you were going to go to a sporting event. Clearly this time of year, it would have been baseball probably, right? Uh, or would, or hockey, but you wouldn't have got to yeah, of course, have yeah. more. And, and clearly it's, it's a, you know, we talk about trying to find that silver lining and, you know, you get to end up having a good conversation with the leaders of the four big teams as a, and the four big leagues, whereas you might have only seen one of the four just because of the way the seasons work out. If you're a business leader and you want to do what you never thought possible, connect with Dr. Murfield at murfieldcoaching.com. That's murfieldcoaching.com. Akash, uh, just to continue that leadership tip, just to continue that, um, how, you know, there's people out there that maybe this would be a good chance for them during this downtime and have to start thinking about engagement in like leadership Tampa Bay. How would they go about that process if they're interested? Yeah, great question. And, you know, for, for all of this, you know, you're welcome to share my contact information if people have questions that they can um, ask me uh, offline. But for Leadership Tampa their website is leadershiptampa.com. And like I said, what I would suggest is before you apply to any program, and I did this when, when I decided to get involved in the community, you know, in 2006, is ask alumni. And so I'm an alum. And so what I generally would do is someone would reach out to me, say they have interest in the program. I would connect them with two or three alumni, people that I know that have got value, but also have the same reservations. I mean, time is obviously a reservation because you gotta, you gotta adjust your calendar, right? You gotta take a day off of work when some people can't really know, uh, can really afford to do that. Cost is a, fact, a factor because you have to get your company to uh, write a check for it and it is a, it is a pricey experience, um, but it's worth it. And um, also, you know, the expectation, you know, when you join a program, it's not just going to the class day um, that you've got to take the time off. You're going to be involved after the day, after the class, and even when you graduate to be involved in the alumni. So I would say make sure it's something you want to get, get involved. So there are recruitment virtual sessions that are coming up in May. I believe it's May the 28th. So if anyone that's listening today or anyone you know, Lauren or Pat, that want to get involved, send me a note. I'll happily register for them for the May 28th um, uh, virtual recruitment session. Awesome. I put a link to the website uh, on so our Facebook what, page. What, are they, what did you get out of it? Akash, did that come ahead, What Pat. did you get out of it? Uh, knowledge of this community. The community itself has been, you know, you know everyone knows when you live and work in Tampa, you think you know about the experiences behind the scenes. But when you actually go to the airport and do a tour of what baggage claim looks like behind the scenes or do a tour of what's going through, you know, the, the people's, uh, the design mind of why they're building the car center, the car rental center so far from hearing it from the CEO himself, 
it's just knowledge. And the good part about it is it's all things that I wanted to know, just didn't know how to ask. You don't know who to ask all the time or you don't have the access. So for me, it was knowledge of what this community has to offer. But then in turn as well, you know, we talked about um, finding passionate people and finding common ground and building relationships. It also inspired me to give back more in the community. And that's how I actually applied to be uh, a chair of the Early Learning Coalition by then Governor Scott, now Senator Scott, and was appointed in 2014. So Akash, um, I, you know, one of the things you talk about the, uh, the car rental center, boy, I had the same thing as they were building it. I'm like, holy cow, this is like forever away. But what a system they have for, for moving cars and, and getting people in and out of the airport. And that nice little tram ride um, to the economy garage now is just, just ideal. What a, what's a lot of thought went into something like that. But um, well, and, and how's the uh, Early Learning Coalition? How are you having to uh, handle things differently? You know, we're, a, you know, open record state, so meeting in the sunshine is kind of crucial. Uh, it's in our state constitution. How, how, how do you adapt this trend that we can't meet together? How do you bend and still, you know, qualify under the law? Yeah, it's, you know, for quorum purposes, so those of you who know, we really can't approve anything without quorum. So we have to make sure we publicly notice every meeting. Uh, we record every meeting and make it public afterwards. But we also have to make sure that we have enough people on the call to make sure voting passes through by a certain majority. And so it's, it's a little difficult because, you know, of course, yesterday we had a big budget transfer where we had to complete. And then the other part of it is for the mission of what we do, which is taking care of our daycare providers, you think about what's going on right now in the frontline workers, they can't go to work and, and be on the front lines unless they have childcare taken care of. So what we have had to do for the coalition is kind of revisit, you know, how are we taking care of these provider centers that are, that are facilitating the um, essential worker children? And so it's been a great dialogue and we've received um, corporate support from very great corporations. And um, again, we're going, we're talking with offices early learning almost every day just to, which is our state parent company um, in, in Tallahassee, and there's 31 coalitions around us on how can we get more assistance. And so that was the bulk of our call yesterday is, you know, how do we get people back to work? How do we get people um, that close their doors? What's going to be the process when child care centers open up um, fully? How do, what, what are the adjustments we need to make? So um, as far as the coalition, it's been a great experience. And, you know, anyone who wants to be on a civic board the governor has about a thousand appointments he gets to make, and I've talked with him about it. This new governor, uh, we don't know anymore, but so that's on his his website on flgov.com. And then if you look at your city and your counties, I'll use Hillsboro and City of Tampa as an example. The mayor Castro has very uh, a very vast variety of civic boards. He's still trying to find people to appoint. And then our county commission has made a lot of citizens boards. So my first report into the city government was in 2009. I was appointed to the Hillsborough County Citizens Advisory Committee by then Commissioner Felita. So what I would tell anyone who wants to get involved in civic government, now that the physical constraints are being removed theoretically because of COVID-19, you're meeting virtually. And if you have a passion, if you're in, you know, human resources, there's a human resources board. If you're in uh, tourism, there's a tourism board. If you're, in, if you're interested in accounting, there's a budgeting uh, task force for the city. And these are citizens that are basically overseeing the work that the, that the government's doing 
and as they're they're kind of kind of being a, um, a sounding board as an ambassadors. So I definitely encourage people to get involved. So Akash, um, you you mentioned you're on the uh, Super Bowl host committee. Uh, kudos for that, by the way, and uh, go Bucks! Right? Um, are we on plan? Yeah, go Bucks! <laughs> are we on plan? B or C or D, uh, I, I know there's probably a lot you can't talk about, but I, I mean, how, how worried are you as, as, as just one of the board members that, that this, it, it, I know Tampa's going to pull this off because that's what Tampa does. Tampa knows how to put on a good event, but obviously it's going to look a whole lot different probably. Um, I was involved on the uh, last Super Bowl um, at the stadium level. And, uh, you know, post 9-11 was a really, really big change for the Super Bowl. But now we have post-COVID-19. So what, what's some of the thoughts, some of the planning going into, into some of that at this point, six months out or eight months out? Yeah, great question. I was on, I'm on the Business Connect Committee, which is making sure that the small businesses and diverse businesses that are local have the opportunity to get employed by uh, the NFL for this for this great experience. And so we had a call earlier today, and Rob Higgins, the president and CEO of our committee, uh, he's the executive director of the Tampa Bay Sports Commission. He mentioned, you know, Tampa has hosted the Super Bowl four different times, but the the 1991 Super Bowl, the halftime show was actually preempted here because World News Tonight had talked about uh, the, the the war that was going on. So they kind of that kind of put a, put a hindrance a little bit on that game in two, Tampa, 1991. And then 2009, we were the first, basically we were a Super Bowl during the economic uh, recession here. And so this Super Bowl in 2021, February 7th, will be the, could be a really big important part of the recovery of COVID-19. So as far as the committees are going, like the Business Connect, they've been meeting on webinars. There's webinars on different topics and instead of in person, they're meeting webinars. And as far as the game is concerned in the NFL, the game is still going on. If you saw the NFL release their schedule last Thursday for the Bucks got their schedules. Um, I don't know what, I mean, I don't think anyone knows what's going to happen in, in February of next year, but you know, we've got to com commit to business as usual. And the best part about this is as Tampa is, we knew Tampa was going to be on the map, but now Tampa is going to be even more on the map because of, of the circumstances. And so I think, um, I think for anyone who wants to volunteer, there's, if there's a game, there's going to be a lot of volunteer opportunities. It's just we just don't know when yet, so we haven't heard all those um, all those things yet. It, it's day by day right now, but I think later on, and you know, as we get closer and once we see the state and the economy and the nation opening up, you'll get more opportunity for sure. If you're a Florida real estate agent and you are looking to stand out above the rest, check out Momentum Real Estate at winmomentum.com. That's W-I-N momentum.com. Yeah, I volunteered at the last Super Bowl here doing the NFL experience and that was a lot of fun. There was a lot of volunteers. There's a lot of ways to get plugged in. But the one thing we do want to make clear right up front is volunteers don't necessarily get free tickets to the game. <laughs> you know, some, yeah. some people are kind yeah, of saying, really oh, hard I volunteer, I get a free ticket, you know. No, just forget about that. It's, you volunteer for the good part. 
it's really hard to get a ticket. I know that I got uh, I got the good fortune of going to the game in Miami this year, and um, man, it is a tough ticket to get, but um, it's a great experience for the host city, and that's what I want everyone to remember: is if you're not at the game, you know, it, it's about the showcasing your community because so many businesses will be here traveling for the game or will be entertaining guests and they might move their business or they might move their whole future here, which is what we want for our community in Hillsborough County and Tampa Bay region to grow. And there may even be some, uh, maybe an event or two at the club. <laughs> no comments, no comments. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, so what other ways can people that has kind of come to the forefront during this uh, shutdown, is there ways that have, that have kind of jumped out where people can get involved that maybe they couldn't have before? Because we're always looking at opportunities, the, the silver lining for this shutdown. Yeah, you know, I think the silver lining is for me at least is, is you know, there when I, when I ran for office, I joined a lot of different chambers of commerce and I'm still involved in a couple of them. One being the Tampa Bay Chamber, the other one being the South Tampa Chamber. And I think for me, when I first came to this community, I mean, chambers of commerce were the way for networking because they had events. But now what I'm seeing out there is that the chambers of commerce, whether it doesn't matter where you live in the region, they're all, there's so many of them, but they're all united. And so I think for you as a business person, if you want to obviously find more opportunities, find ways to give talks or listen to more talks, contact your local chamber and obviously they're going to want you to join but you know with this kind of situation i think they'll make a you know make an exception and get you involved but you'll find that there are other people like you that want to talk and kind of give each other a support system and so i've really seen the chambers of commerce shining and giving informational um, uh, talks letting people um, kind of give seminars to them that are members and it's kind of unique because normally you know you only can only do certain amount of events because your logistics, uh, you got to pay for tickets and parking and, and whatever the meal is. But now virtually these chambers are, can, you know, book three or four zoom calls a day with different people and, and actually get something out of it. So I would say for folks to answer your question, Dr. Murphy, that want to get involved is join a local chamber. And if you haven't called them during this pandemic, uh, call them. Yeah. One of the things with the chambers is it, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, small business owner, you kind of feel like you're on an island all by yourself. And that's where the chamber comes in. And, you know, they take networking way farther. It's way further than networking. It's this coalition of fellow small business owners and, and some, you know, representatives from some bigger companies. But predominantly, you find a lot of small business owners that, that are members of the chambers who are feeling the same pain that you're feeling and can share your pain and you can learn a lot from folks. Yeah, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I really like that. So Akash, you were chair of the board of uh, Board of Governors at Center Club a year ago and you've been involved for quite a while and people are probably sitting there saying, okay, you're telling me to join a chamber of commerce. So why join the Center Club? Yeah, great point, Lauren. And, 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 you know, obviously I'm still involved in the Center Club. I'm on the board with you. And I think it's a great avenue for me personally. Why I joined in 2011 is because I wanted to be in a space where I was continuously during the day meeting people, right? So if you think about a chamber that you're there at certain times, right? For me, I like to have a routine, just like most people's routines have shifted during this pandemic. 
my routine was, you know, I was a solopreneur at that time, right? So I would wake up and I would go on the computer and I would sit in the, the lobby of the club, which is, you know, beautiful, as you know, and I would just, you know, knock out emails, but I would also meet people passing by and have conversations. And then, of course, you know, they're meeting their committees within each club, you know, the committees within the club. And I would join a committee here and I would chair this committee and then chair this committee and then got involved. And then, of course, was that uh, the best title now is a media passport chair. But what I would tell people that are looking to join the center club now is it's a great way to meet like-minded individuals that also want that personal connection because the, the personal connection there is everyone pretty much lives around that area. So you can also talk about if your kids are going to school, which school is best. If you're talking about daycare, which daycare is best. Well, grocery stores, whatever the commonality is, it's a physical location. And it's so centralized to the airport. What you see is you see a lot of people that fly in from Pittsburgh or Austin or Dallas, you know, when the club is going, you know, when the clubs get back to normal. And it's a very good, it's a good transit place for you to meet people. So the relationships you build by getting involved in a club like that, they're lifelong friendships. I mean, if you look at some of the friendships that you've made, I know I've made, I mean, not only has business come from it, but personal friendships and relationships come from it. And that's what you really want when you join a private members club is something more than just a networking. You want to build a personal professional development. So if you've not visited the center club, it is open now, limited hours. I went back yesterday for the first time since this uh, pandemic. And I'll tell you, they did a great job of sanitizing the place. The chef's making uh, phenomenal food, as you all know. There's not evening hours yet, so you really can't uh, spend much time past 3 o'clock. But I will tell you, if you've not been, you're welcome to come as my guest and visit the club. But it is, it is, I've joined many clubs in the community. I've been to a lot of them. But I'll tell you, for business reasons, for entrepreneurs, for solopreneurs, the affordability and the accessibility, and then the quality of members, there's no competition in this area. And of course, I've been there 12 years. Pat has been there three, three, three years. And it's like one of the things that I'm hoping to really kind of work on with this uh, podcast and everything, we want to reach out to other clubs and have guests from other clubs like the Citrus Club. And, and even, uh, I know you were connected up in Tallahassee. Um, I've got connections out in Seattle. There's all these clubs across the country that it's time we take a step into the virtual world, get people involved just beyond our geographic area. I, I'm looking forward to that and seeing, you know, as things kind of calm down here and we get back together, maybe we can start those conversations. Yeah, it's a great idea. So um, what, now I know that you've run for county commissioner before and I know you've got aspirations of being president or governor or something like that. Um, I know I, I tease you about that all the time. Um, when you look forward to the elections here, uh, coming the rest of this year, what kind of bends are we going to have to do to get to the candidates going to have to do to campaign and also the voters to be able to get their votes, uh, to cast their votes and have them counted? Yeah, so as far as, you know, one of the, when I ran for office, you know, a lot of campaign consultants will tell you the most important thing is your name identification, right? So people need to know your name. So how do you get people to know your name? You need to raise dollars, right? So you got to write checks and raise checks and get people to write you checks. You got to knock on doors to get people to sign petitions to get you on the ballot, which will in turn save you money. So for, I think the filing fee for Ellsborough County Commission in 2018 was about $6,000. So if I got, let's say 8,000 petitions signed, 
I would I would have to get um, you know I could waive the fee. And again, this is a countywide race. So every every state house and uh, city council and county commission uh, seats different by the number and how they qualify in their fees. But I'll tell you what you're seeing now is people can't knock on doors. So what you're seeing waived on, on races across the state um, is petitions can be filled out online. So now it's an easier way for, not an easier way, but it's a more accessible way for the candidate. All they gotta do is send an email link to you. You get 10 people to sign in and send it in. And now they got 10 more petitions signed. So that you're seeing that for the qualification piece of it. The raising the money is the other interesting part too, because you know, the way to raise money in general stances is people throw a host a dinner party and you write a check, you go to the dinner party and you know, you hear from the candidate, you get the accessibility to the candidate. Now it's very tough. So it's a lot of candidates dialing for dollars, but what you're seeing is, as you can imagine with the economy, the way it is, people don't have those dollars to give anymore. So I think what you're gonna see is a lot less uh, uh, dollars raised in can campaigns and then a lot less people knocking on your doors. And a lot of people do like that for both, the re for, you know, for obvious reasons. As far as the voting, when you actually go to the polls, you know, the people that believe that, you know, you don't know who's going to be at the polls before you, you don't know who's touched the ballot. Be sure to like, follow, and share us wherever you're tuned in today. So I think you're going to get a lot of requests to vote by mail. And um, I'm, I'm an old-fashioned old person. I like waking up on Election Day and getting that sticker and going to my, my precinct. So I haven't decided yet if, you know, if I'm going to vote by mail. But I do think you're going to see an increase in mail voters and mail, um, uh, mail uh, vote by mail voters. And that's really difficult because, you know, as, as a candidate, you really don't know. You know, I can predict on Election Day the turnout depending on the weather because theories and all the people where they live. But you really cannot predict how many people are going to vote by mail. It could be high, it could be low. But I think now you can predict that people are going to be targeting the, mail, the vote by mail voters. So you're going to see a lot of uh, campaign materials in your email and mail. Gosh, I've been involved in campaigns since I was probably preteen. Uh, my mom helped uh, recall our entire school board uh, in the community we lived in. Um, and uh, and then I, at 16 years old, I helped a friend run for for uh, the school board, and uh, so I've been involved in can, uh, campaigns in one way or another, and I and I haven't come up with a conclusion. So I got, I, I, I want to ask you, who do you think has the edge during these times? Is it the incumbent or the challenger, um, or do you think it's an evil, even split because of the unique situation we find ourselves in? No, I think it's the incumbent. I think the thing is, is that the incumbent has the access and the, and the knowledge to speak uh, during this time and reach out because they are in power. Um, so I think what's going to happen is, you know, the incumbent's going to get the, the more name identification. And even if people don't give them more money or whatever the case might be, they still have the edge because they have the forefront of, of signs and old signs and, and they have that work just built up. Interesting. I I'm, I kind of go back and forth kind of thinking about that because uh, obviously getting the word out is is, is huge. Um, I mean, even when you talk presidential level politics, even if there's only two major candidates, there's one that's on the news every single day and there's another one who's, 
you know, working out of his basement. And so there's clearly a different edge there. And uh, I'm wondering when it, when it trickles down to the state and local level, whether we'll see that same effect. Although everybody has equal access with the internet and uh, with, you know, the ability to get on social media, uh, we all have kind of a level playing field. It's not like uh, one person sending smoke signals and the other one is, uh, you know, sending satellite beams. So uh, we're, we're at least level when it comes to that. Yeah, and kudos for your mom for helping the, recall the school board and for you helping your friend. I mean, those races, as you know, are brutal. And um, on the volunteer effort, you know, you're basically doing everything. And the candidates really rely on volunteers. So thank you. Thanks for doing that. Oh, thank you. What, um, what other advice would you give for folks who, uh, in case they missed the first couple minutes, uh, but, but especially, but for people that have been waiting to get involved, again, so many of the excuses I think are off the table um, because travel's not an issue as much right now. And, and, and I think moving forward, I think we'll probably embrace some of these technologies, right? You're not necessarily going to start having um, children, early learning uh, coalition meetings uh, next week or anything like that. This could be a long, this may be a, a, a major improvement for ever, right? Yeah, so I'm on the board of the Indo-U.S. Chamber of Commerce. It's another free networking organization where we basically only have two fundraisers a year, a golf tournament and a gala. And the golf tournament we had to cancel because it was in April. And our monthly meeting, you know, tomorrow is our monthly meeting. And Rita Loman, I know you guys know well. She's also a past chair of the Center Club. Um, she's a president of Pilot Bank, and she's our speaker tomorrow. And it's a free seminar anyway. So we had a call, you know, last week, and I kind of asked, you know, the, the board, you know, what, what do we need to do? Do we keep it or do we cancel it? And the value is the same. The value is the speaker giving the information and the, and the members asking the questions. That's really the value. Now, the networking, of course, adds value, too. And, of course, we serve food, so people like Indian food, as you know. But so for the people who are, I would just say, if you normally don't have the accessibility or the time to go to an Indo-U.S. Chamber meeting, you know, you don't have to show up on Zoom tomorrow. You can reach out to me or whoever on, on, on the board or in, in the committee to, to get the recording and watch it. And then if you like what you see, then figure out how to get involved on a virtual level, because right now, you're right. We don't know if we're going to have these events in person uh, until August, until until October. We really don't know. I mean, theoretically, what we're hearing is people are enjoying social distancing, but right now um, we can't plan over a month ahead. So, for instance, our next board meeting for the Early Learning Coalition is June 15th. We're assuming it's going to be virtual. We just know because we don't know anything about what's going to happen, even if the state opens up. Are people really going to be wanting to have meetings in spaces when you can do it virtually now, right? So what you're going to see is the option is definitely going to be there for boards for sure. Maybe they will put up spaces because the spaces are already there, logistics work out. But you're going to have to see an improvement in technology, and you're going to also see an uptick in attendance because, again, people are going to have more uh, time. So if you're not involved in an organization now and you've thought about it, I would research on LinkedIn, research on Facebook, watch what other people are doing, research what people are, 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 people are, are getting acclimated in, and just, just watch one of their meetings and then get involved. So it's kind of like you can sample before you actually even request interest, whereas before you would have to make time to get a sitter if you have kids and then go to an event and then 
block off your dinner time and make arrangements to try to network. Now you don't have to do any of that. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I, I think, uh, can you hear me now? Uh, we've had some technical difficulties on my end. But Akash, this has been fantastic. Um, really enjoy you giving us a lot of different things. Anybody that listens to the Facebook Live or they listen to the recording or they go online later, there's several things they can get involved because if we don't get involved, who else is going to get involved? We can't expect somebody else to always be doing it. Um, so we want we want to thank you for being on board. Thank you for your involvement. Uh, Pat, what, what thoughts do you have? I just want to uh, thank Akash again for coming on and sharing his time and his insight and certainly for his leadership um, because obviously there's a lot of things he could be doing with his time. He's choosing to do things that benefit our community at, at large and, uh, and, and is passionate about it, clearly passionate about it. And I, I do, do thank uh, Akash for that. I also want to remind folks that tomorrow We've got a retired FBI agent coming on. She's gonna talk about resilience during tough times. Thursday, we're gonna talk about mortgage mayhem. Friday, Doc? Oh, it's Friday. Do we have to whine? We're gonna talk about quit whining like Doc just showed you and start whining because Karen Cook started a wine business in the middle of a world pandemic. Wow, that's disruptive thinking. And then again, in the next week, we have Dr. Raul Mera. We have Doria Gomez talking about the future of travel. We're going to talk about the new normal language. Uh, we're hoping to all settle on some new language here soon. And then the new sales approach by a, um, by a world-renowned uh, sales uh, trainer and coach. And uh, that's just all before Memorial Day. Can you believe it? Yeah, and, we're, and just so everybody knows, we're going to continue our five days a week, but it'll end on May 29th. After that, we'll have a new schedule. We're looking at about two days a week, probably stay with the live, but, uh, you know, we've been doing this since April 8th, and we've had a lot of good people on. We're just looking forward to getting that many more people on, but uh, lots of opportunities. So with that, Pat, I want to thank Akash again. Thank you very much for everything you've done. But we want to tell everybody, think bigger. You know, get involved with government, get involved with civically. That's thinking bigger. You can do more than just your own little thing. Then reach higher. Reach out with other people, collaborate, do something. In the end, you'll do something that other people never thought possible. That's what it's all about. So until tomorrow, until next time, Thank you for joining us. Think bigger, reach higher. Let's go out and do the impossible. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you guys so much. You can connect with us directly at TotalCareerGrowth.com. That's TotalCareerGrowth.com.